Welcome. You found the People of Chattanooga podcast. I'm your host, Luke Swab, and today on the show I have Sunshine Loveless. Sunshine currently works at Outdoor Chattanooga and recently started her own stand-up paddleboard touring business called Sunshine's Adventures. She is a world-class athlete who played for America in women's tackle football. In 2010, she helped the U.S. take home the gold medal against Canada in the first-ever IFAF Championship. She also has played competitive fast-pitch softball, worked as a raft guide on the Okoe River, and more recently has gotten into mountain biking. I'm very honored to have her on the show and learn more about her. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Sunshine Loveless. All right, good morning. I'm here with Sunshine Loveless. Yes, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. Thanks. That is such a unique name. Um, is it your given name? It is not my given name. That is the number one question I get asked too when sure. I introduce myself. Uh, no, Sunshine is a nickname. My government issued name is Chandra, um, but I did away with that profile a while ago. Okay. <laughs> no, when uh, family settings and otherwise, I still get referred to as Chandra, but uh, definitely prefer to go by Sunshine. Did you come up with Sunshine? No, it was a nickname my mom gave me long ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't like mornings. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording at one o'clock per your request. Yes. Usually, I, usually I do these at nine to ten a.m. <laughs> yes, that was at my request because I know what I'm like in the mornings. I'm grumpy. I'm not a good person to hang out with. So <laughs> then, where did the sunshine come from? Like in the in the how did that come about? Yeah, it's, it was the song, Rise and Shine, Sunshine. It's time oh. to get up. So rise and shine. Is that that? Something that, like that, okay. yes. Yes, it's been a long time. I, you know, I'm, I'm quite old and have moved away from home for a long time. Sure. But yes, uh, it was the uh, kind of tune to help me get out of bed in the mornings to get me to school. So, uh, and then the name, uh, the meaning of my name, Chandra, is outshine the brightest star. So oh. that is what a sun does. That's great. Plus, it just makes people happy when you say, hey, I'm sunshine. I know. I know. <laughs> they, they have no, it, it has to change people's attitudes if they're having a grumpy day or something. Precisely. Yes. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, how long have you been in the Chattanooga area? I moved here in 2000. So oh, okay. 20 years. Wow. You've seen a lot. I have. And that is uh, half of my life. So uh-huh. I've been here as long as I haven't at yeah, this point. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what made you move here? When I was 16, I visited Chattanooga. I played competitive fast pitch softball and Mm. we made the national tournament, which was being held at Werner Park. And when I visited, I was like, I want to live here someday. Coming from Kansas, I'd not really seen like mountains and the cool river and just the people were nice. I don't know what it was. It was just a feeling. So when I uh, was in college, I met a girl that was from the Chattanooga area and she was moving back home after we graduated. So I just kind of tagged along. So at the age of 20, moved out here and was like, if I don't like it, I can always move back home. Yeah. And you never did. Uh, 20 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. Do you plan to do the next 20 here too? Uh, no, I would like to venture out and see more. Although I have built really good community here. Yeah. Uh, Chattanooga is a special place, so it would be very hard to leave and maybe not like permanently, but I would like to wander about and see more of this beautiful world. Yeah. Have you, have you seen much of this world uh, so far? Uh, A little bit. Uh, I've been fortunate enough through whether it's sports or uh, just personal travels, um, go international as well as domestic uh, travel. So, but not enough to, to fill the cup, so to speak. Where, um, well, I don't know if you can ever fill the cup, so to speak. (laughs) Where, where have you gone internationally? I'm always interested in people's travels overseas. Yeah. So first trip was in 2010. I made the women's full contact, uh, team USA. Yeah. So I made team USA in 2010 for women's full contact football and played in the first ever women's world championship that was held in Stockholm, Sweden. So I got to spend (laughs) 11 days in Stockholm, uh, beating up other women in full contact (laughs) ads and walked away with a gold medal out of the deal. So you have a gold medal. I do. You're the first person on the show. (laughs) Yes. That was, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one travel and a very, can we talk more about that? Yeah. We can circle back around. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What, um, oh my goodness. Um, how did you get into full contact football? I heard a radio ad. (laughs) 
that simple. Uh, no, I played sports my whole life, traditional sports. Yeah. Coming from Kansas, you don't spend much time outside. You spend a lot of time like indoors or playing uh, traditional sports. So softball, basketball, volleyball, track, you name it. I was either on a court or on a field somewhere. And I went to school on a basketball scholarship, college. And after that, there isn't really much for women in the way of sports, professionally or otherwise. Uh, you got to pick up, you know, intramurals or club games here and there. And I... That was before the... Um, was that before the WNBA? Well, WNBA existed. It did, okay. But I am a short white girl, so... It didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. Those were dreams, but yeah. I think there's a surgery where you can break your legs <laughs> and then stretch them out and you get about two inches max. Yeah, I'm probably 20 years past that. Okay. Pro- past my prime at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I didn't make it either. I played basketball. I didn't make it either. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, and even then, like, they don't, they don't really get paid much to play, so... Um, nonetheless, I was still looking for kind of a competitive setting, a traditional sports setting. And yeah, riding around in my pickup truck one day, I heard a radio ad for the Chattanooga Locomotion. So I was like, I think I could do that. And went to tryouts and played for seven years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And ended up with a gold medal. That's right. Yeah. So in 2010, they put together the first ever Team USA and they did it by kind of like a application process for the league that my team was affiliated with. There are three leagues, I believe, still in existence for women's full contact football across the United States. And so it has grown. Teams have grown and popped up all over the place. Unfortunately, Chattanooga, uh, there was a team that broke off from the locomotion called the Tennessee Train, and that is no longer as well. So both teams have kind of folded since uh, the induction in the year 2000. I walked on in 2004 and uh, was uh, one of the 45 women from across the country that got selected. The only one from Tennessee, the only one from my team. Wow. And yeah, just rolled up and in four days at training camp, learned how to play and form a team with 44 complete strangers to Mm -hmm. me. So it was pretty cool. That's that's insane story. Yeah. What um, position do you play? I play defensive end and tailback. I also was the kicker, the punter. Uh, I never left the field really. Wow. <laughs> so um, you just you know, uh, it was fun to. My favorite was tackling, sacking the quarterback or tackling people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was kind of fun to get the ball and just bulldoze people and end up, you know, in the end zone scoring a touchdown. So. Oh, how many how many points do you have in your career? Oh, I don't know. There was one year I I think I set some records for, but uh, that's because the girl that had filled the position tore her ACL, uh-huh. so I had to fill in and just like basically just do it. So, um, and you have to have a good line. You have to have a good offensive line to you know create some holes for you. You can't just do it on your own. Uh, but again, I preferred kind of tackling people. Yeah, over, defense. Yeah, we're running the ball. So that's for Team USA. I played defense what um what other countries had teams that you played against so there were six in that inaugural um Mm -hmm. first ever and canada sweden finland germany ourselves i'm forgetting the last one that's okay i didn't name six (laughs) okay uh because we only played three teams and we played canada in the championship game we outscored our opponents 201 points to zero so defense did not give up a single point, but over three games, we scored 201 points. Wow. Yeah. That, that's high for football. We were pretty good, yeah. <laughs> we were pretty good. <laughs> um, did you play the next year? Uh, the whole point of creating the first ever Team USA and having an international competition was to then try to get it aligned with the Olympics. So they didn't form another team until 2013. I actually played on a torn ACL um, in that tournament. I had tore my ACL two months earlier in the first game of the season and decided I was just, I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity. So I rehabbed it, played on it, torn with a really snug brace. That was not the best decision I've ever made in my life, but again, I wouldn't have a gold medal. So uh, in 2013, after having surgery, rehabbing and trying to get strong enough, but also getting three years older, (laughs) there was a physical tryout and I did not make it. That's Uh. how much better... Uh, the competition got yeah. as far as new girls coming up into the sport, which is pretty awesome, mm-hmm. pretty awesome. But I, I like to, uh, I hold on to the fact that I was kind of the pioneer. Those 45 women that I shared the field with, like we were all pioneers in the first ever. So kind of trailblazers. So That's to speak. really cool. Yeah. Um, whatever happened with um, getting it in the Olympics? 
Uh, they're still on that path. It's not there yet. So the, the, the men want it there, but you can't have and introduce a new sport into the Olympics unless there's a female counterpart, part of the whole Title IX issue. And they have to have so many years of international competition and strong enough competition among the countries to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Because nobody wants to see, like, they took softball out of the Olympics because Team USA was always winning. So um, that's kind of the reason. 2013, 2017, and then they're supposed to do it again in 2021. Did they take baseball out? I think so. I don't believe because either one. Because you said there has to be a counter yeah. for everything. So they did away with both of those. Okay. I think it comes to viewership as well. Yeah. Um, so, But you've seen a lot of sports come and go. Like They recently introduced rock climbing, hmm. mountain biking as... BMX is in. Yeah, Olympic sports. So yeah. the, the face of the Olympics changes. And I think that's a good thing because sports evolve and change as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you watch football? No. You don't follow it or anything? I do not. Neither. You don't have fantasy football? I do not. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do that one year. I did not like it. Yeah. Uh, and no, I don't get into it anymore. I used to eat it up, and I, I guess I met my quota. I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now, I did get really excited when I saw uh, Katie Sowers with uh, the San Francisco 49ers uh, as one of the first, the first female um, coach in, to participate in a Super Bowl setting so um and then one of the girls I played with Jen Welter she was like one of the first to actually be in a non-kicking position playing with men so some of the women that I got to share that field with uh, are doing amazing things at this point do you keep in contact with any any of those uh people yeah played with yeah through Facebook and uh they've done a few reunions here and there uh to get together I went out west and visited a couple of them that were in Oregon that I played with uh, a couple years ago yeah yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, I've never uh, talked to a professional football player. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Um, what else do you like to do? Um, so now the new season of my life, so to speak, okay. um, after football ended, I got into the outdoors, mainly because I tore my ACL, still wanted like a competitive adrenaline-filled fix, and so I got into mountain biking. Um, it was low impact for my knee, low impact for my knee. And, uh, well, they have suspension. <laughs> I do have now have full suspension. Yes. Um, and just fell in love with it. Uh, I beat myself up pretty good learning how to do it. But now that I'm there, I, I absolutely love it. So that's one thing I'm really into. Uh, and then I love to paddleboard. Uh, I was a former raft guide on the Ocoee River, so water is super special to me. Uh, I do have a, a small business that I run doing guided paddleboard tours around Chattanooga. Um, and then full-time job is with Outdoor Chattanooga, which promotes all the outdoor recreational opportunities within an hour's drive of Chattanooga. So basically my whole world is knowing the outdoor spaces of Chattanooga. And, and you rode your bike here today. You're also the first person to ride your bike here. Yeah, I like that. That's so cool. Yeah. I enjoy riding my bike. Yeah, I have a few to choose from. Uh, How many? You, uh, you can come clean. <laughs> you can come clean on this. So I have a road bike, um, a Bianchi I scored from the gear closet. Shout cool. out to the gear closet. Yeah. Uh, that was an, a nice find. I love it. And the salsa I rode over here today was kind of a frame I built and thought I could build my own bike and didn't quite finish it on my own. I needed to seek professional help from a, a couple local bike shops and finally got it done. And then my mountain bike, uh, I got at Suck Creek and uh, it's a Santa Cruz and that's probably my favorite one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's talk about the mountain biking. Have you, uh, where was maybe the most enjoyable place you've gotten to ride your mountain bike at? Uh, so I'm making it a goal that I would like to ride in all 50 states. Oh, that's so cool. So anytime me and my wife go on a road trip, I usually haul the bike with me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite was I didn't get to take the bike because we flew with our paddle boards instead. But two summers ago, we went to the Pacific Northwest. We took two inflatable paddle boards. We took camping equipment and we were there for two weeks. And we basically rented a car and paddleboarded in as many cool places as we could. Did a giant loop around the Olympic National Forest. And um, I rented a bike out of Port Angeles and did the adventure trail in 
in, within the Olympic National Forest. So that was kind of a solo ride. My wife doesn't ride, so she was uh, my shuttle bunny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Yeah, uh, but you know, a lot of text communication, like, okay, I'm I'm going a little slower than I thought I would. No bobcats have gotten me. I'm okay. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but bit off 20 miles that day, and it was breathtaking. It was absolutely beautiful. So that's that's one been one of my favorites. Um, what do you think about the White Oak um, mountain bike flow trail? I I like that one. Now I'm not brave enough to hit the big jumps, mm-hmm. but at the, at the second half, the bottom. Yeah, um, but I do enjoy going downhill really fast. So uh, I've gone up to Beach and done the ski lift that takes you to the top, and done you know downhill on those as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically stick to the greens. Uh, can handle a few blues, but definitely not the black diamonds. Yeah. So. But yeah, fast and furious downhill is definitely my favorite part of mountain biking. Did you ski? Uh, I've snowboarded mm-hmm. a few times, just a handful of times in the past, not recently. Yeah. Um, tell me about this paddleboard tour business you have. Sure, yeah. So three years ago, I finally decided to do it. I had wanted to run my own business for a while, but didn't really know how to get started, what to do. Um, I had been a social worker with the Department of Children Services for nine years. And just kind of that fills up a lot of your time doing casework. So um, as stress relief, I would go and do the mountain biking after work or the football in in the early years. Um, And so kind of dreaming in the process of what I want wanted that to look like and then when I met my now wife um she was into paddleboarding I love pushing around inflatable rubber things <laughs> <laughs> I'd done that for way too long on the Akoe yeah, so yeah uh so it just seemed like okay that's the activity I want to focus on even though I know how to do a lot of them like I think this is one that's viable it's kind of the newest yeah it's newer and trendier water sport yeah. yeah that a lot of people haven't tried so they're probably more willing to pay somebody for that first experience um and then i of course through my role at outdoor chattanooga i i know where the cool places are to paddle mm-hmm. so bought a fleet of paddle boards crammed them in my pickup truck they're inflatable so i had a tiny pickup truck it just wasn't a lot of huge upfront cost to get started yeah and then just kind of advertised and hoped for the best. The first year, I did way better than I expected. A lot of friends supported me in my new business venture, which Go was friends. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the second year, I was like, okay, I ran out of friends. Who's gonna Who's gonna help me out this year? Ended up being my wife's friends. They okay. <laughs> and then this year, the pandemic hit, and so I, uh, you know, we're sitting there and. May late May is usually when I start my first trip and had had people buy and then cancel or I canceled because I didn't feel comfortable. And June is kind of a slow start. I think I can do this. I reached out, got some information from some friends that still work up at the Ocoee. Like, how are you guys handling disinfecting equipment? Um, Just kind of worked through some processes and said, I think I can. Let's give it a try. And June did okay. July got busy. August was slammed. September was slammed. Uh, so in October, I've just done a few kind of more side projects than actual like public facing guided trips, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I'm just blown away. It was way better than I thought. And I think it is a cool side effect of COVID. I agree. People wanting to get back outside. It yeah. got real hot. They finally got sick of being inside. What can I do? And so those trips just started filling up, which was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And then that's, I give the gift of getting outside outdoor adventure. That's what I love to do. That's fantastic. Can you describe what one of these tours are like? Are they overnights or day trips or? I would love to get to the overnighters. Uh, Uh, I haven't been able to sell any of those yet, but that is, yeah, I would like to go. That's the goal. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, No, so bite size, uh, especially for beginner people that are coming because they don't have the equipment they don't know how to do it so more of the bite-sized adventure two hours my most popular tour is to the nickajack cave wildlife mm, refuge cave. Yeah, yeah bat cave um the sunset kind of thing yeah at sunset and because i work a full-time job nine to five that's when i run my business is evenings and weekends so it is a lot of evenings to the bat cave full moon tours yeah sunset tours and um working with uh a company out of Cincinnati, Ohio that does women only adventures. Mm. And they kind of hired me out to provide an, an excursion or an adventure in Chattanooga. And it was called a sup and sip. So we paddleboard uh, and then we go do wine, wine samplers. Yeah. yeah. 
I like I like that. Where do you do the wine sampling at? Lookout Winery. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's been that was a fun one, and that one that I did did four. I did four of them with this the this year. So I'd only done one trip with them the year before. So do do those women come down to Chattanooga for a, like a retreat or something and stay a couple of days and year one activity that they hire out? Sort of. So they they have a. Uh, explorer chick they have a huge following and so they manage the booking they it's like i already had this trip built out i would advertise it couldn't really get people to buy it because my following is small Mm -hmm. sent the description to them they were able to sell it out they take a portion of the um cost and for for booking and handling everything i run the excursion a lot of these women come and spend a weekend in chattanooga but the only activity they have purchased and bought is that paddleboard tour with me. I had a woman come all the way from Wisconsin to paddleboard. Yeah. She had <laughs> driven from Wisconsin, stayed overnight in Chicago, came all the way to Chattanooga, did like a blind date sort of thing with along the women. way. And yeah. no, and then like met all these cool women left oh, with wow. like their contact information was like, we're going to stay in touch. I don't know. It's, it's just really interesting. Women would come from all over as opposed to normally it's people I kind of know within the Chattanooga setting for most of my tours. Yeah. That your yeah. friends and yeah. then your wife's friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now it's know. girls from Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Atlanta, Nashville. They're just coming from further distances and they, they aren't scared to go alone because it's a women only company uh, and yeah. they know it's a women only trip. How do you advertise? I have a Facebook, I have a website, I have Instagram. Um, I put it, most of my things, um, adventures on Eventbrite. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I would like to look into some other marketing options, but I'm staying busy enough as it is. Yeah. I haven't really needed to yet. And I don't want to grow too big too fast because I am, I am a party of one. <laughs> can only do so much. Then you'd have to hire someone out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, um, what other tours do you have? Uh, the full moons, um, I want to work towards, uh, like destination overnight ones. So last year we went down and paddled with the manatees in Florida, just me, my wife and, uh, our daughter, my stepdaughter. I've done that twice. It was amazing. Fantastic. What river were you on? The Itchituckney. Okay. I did a different one, but yeah, yeah. they're in several locations Uh near the Springs. Yeah. They're so cool. Yeah. And so I would love to like offer that. Um, but I haven't quite thought through that. This Halloween, because the planets align perfectly, that there's a blue full moon. Okay. Once in a blue moon. Yes. The second full moon of the month falls on Halloween, which falls on a Saturday. Mm. Like, how perfect is that? Yet, we're in a pandemic. So it's probably not safe to go trick-or-treating, but you can totally come and do a witchy Halloween paddleboard adventure. I'm going to encourage people to show up with their paddleboards, even if they have their own, dress as a witch or a warlock, and float under the full moon. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. We're going to camp out afterward, do, you know, fires and tell ghost stories. And Is that a women's only event? No. Everybody? Okay. Yeah, no, which is in Warlock, so. And you can drink a blue moon. That's right. Yeah, you should get a blue moon keg. After we get off the water, I encourage I, all uh, the drinking possible. Okay, yes. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, man, that's really cool that you started that business. I like that. Um, what's your full-time job? The full-time gig is yeah. customer relations specialist with Outdoor Chattanooga. So a lot of people aren't familiar with Outdoor Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a great resource to the city. It's a unique division within the city of Chattanooga's economic and community development department. We promote all things outdoors. Uh, our focus is within an hour's drive of city center, and that includes rock climbing, paddling, fishing, even hunting, even though that's not my area of expertise. Um, hiking, backpacking, camping. So anything outdoor related, we even have like disc golf, tubing, rafting, anything. And it's not just what we offer. We do offer some programs, but it is more about what is available for anyone to do. Does the COE count as being within one hour? It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can, I was thinking what the tubing was and I was thinking maybe the, the lower part of the Ocoee. Yeah, lower part of the Ocoee and the Hiawassee. In the Hiawassee. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. the Hiawassee. Which blew up this year. You know, have you ever paddleboarded the Hiawassee? I have. Be, I, that's how I did it last time with my group of friends. And it was fantastic. Just take the fin off. Yep. And that's 
the best way to do the Hiawassee, I and think. I agree, it's, in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion, that was the funnest thing. Um, how many times did you have to drop down to your knees? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I tried doing the whole thing without... Well, it's uh, so shallow, I know, I know, you have to... I mean, it's risky. It but, took uh, one time for me to hit my fin, the even the side bite fin. The little, yeah, the little guys. Yeah, that you can't remove. Yeah. Caught, and, you know, when your board stops, your momentum keeps going, and, yeah, kind of face-planted in the water. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get on my knees for the shallow parts. Yeah. But I definitely stand through like the rapids because yes. that's it's deep. It's fine if you fall off. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, and I did fall off in the rapids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so we should go sometime. I love that. I would too. Yeah, paddleboarding is one of my one of my things I like doing. Um, have you ever done the Chatterjack? I have not. So I, I think I'm past my racing days. I used to race, um, okay. again, being the competitive background of traditional sports. I'd done um, a few adventure races, like the Pan Gorge. Is that a paddle race? The Pan Gorge was a really cool, unique race that you started out by kayaking. You got out and you did like a trail run. And you did a little more kayaking. You got to the base of Raccoon Mountain. You did a mountain bike trip up Raccoon Mountain back down and then to the finish line. So it was like a trifecta, three yeah. sport triathlon, but not the traditional like Ironman setting. It was more adventure based. So that one was really fun. I've done mountain bike races, but I just, when I was training for those things, I stopped enjoying the activity. Absolutely. I understand that. And I want, like, I want it to be an enjoyable, pleasurable experience. That's the whole point in participating in a, a hobby or an activity. So are they still doing that race? I haven't heard of that one. I have. I haven't seen it advertised, and especially this year, all pretty much all events were canceled. Yeah. The last time I saw it last year, they had changed the structure of it, and it was more of a self-guided find these checkpoints under your own uh, power concept. Um, but I, again, I'm kind of out of the racing scene, so I do promote those things through Outdoor Chattanooga as far as cool events coming up. But a lot of times I don't delve into what exactly um, the specifics are, so I can't speak to that. We're um, working with Outdoor Chattanooga. Do you know anything about the uh, the skate park project, building a, a new skate park? A little bit, yeah. So there's kind of been a little hang up between county, city property, and where it's going to go. But uh, there's there's the funding, there's the backing, there's the want, there's the the push for it. My understanding is is that a location was settled on and then it had to be sort of changed. Their main goal is they want it along the river walk. Yeah. Because you can use the river walk, skateboards and rollerbladers can use you know and four wheel skates can use the river walk. And so having a new skate park right off of that would be ideal. And I don't know exactly where it's going to be, but it hopefully would be finished and started soon yeah i i heard they wanted it by uh what is it the south chick where the south chick converges into the tennessee river yes on the river walk that was one location and then near the hubert fry was another so they also want parking yeah needs to be a location with parking so there is a lot of things that are being considered to make it happen but yeah, county and city have to cooperate in order for it to happen because it's a city project, but they're wanting to put it on county mm. property. That's just so far away from the kids, um, I think. I want it, like, by Highland Park. You want it downtown? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want it downtown. <laughs> I would be happy underneath the, the highway, underneath 27. Yeah, so... Like Burnside. I, I heard that was going to be a uh, mountain bike skills park mm -hmm. at one point. And if they ever finish construction on 27, <laughs> right, they would actually get around to making that. And I think yeah. it could be blended. I do too. Skate park and, and then it's always dry. That's the thing. Cause because, it rains so much yeah. in Chattanooga. Do I have a dream that I want somebody to take the Alstom plant, just even a portion of the Alstom plant that's no longer being utilized and yeah. turn it into an indoor mountain bike skills park. Mm -hmm. Like always dry there's enough mountain bikers in chattanooga that would totally pay a couple dollars when it's raining and they can't get on the trails to go in and ride around yeah have you ever seen like a indoor mountain bike park i've i've seen pictures well i've been to rays you know rays in ohio i don't it's a mountain bike park it's it's I ride BMX, so okay. a lot of BMXers go there. They have a huge um, 
jump box section. And then they have other parts of the building that are like log balancing, teeter totters, rocks, yes, little jumps. Is that the part you're talking about? It would about? be some, yeah. yes, just like that, but in an indoor setting. So that yeah. way when it's cold, when it's rainy, when whatever, you, you can still go access it. Yeah. Yeah. There's one in Louisville that's built in a quarry and unused quarry so it's underground they call it like the caverns or something i've heard about that one yeah. i have not been there but it is on the list i do want to go there too yeah um i heard it's a little humid you know caves are kind of a little they're a little damp yeah, yeah. so you just but once you get riding it's probably fine yeah but it's always like 59 60 degrees it's good temperature like that's a perfect temperature yeah yeah we have a quarry um on the way to dunlop what is that road coming off of uh signal mountains like i think that one is 127 Mm -hmm. um, going into Dunlop as you're leaving the top of Walden Ridge, the mountain going down on your right hand side, halfway down the mountain, there's a, a cave that's an old quarry and, uh, you could do the same thing there. Really? Mm -hmm. I have not seen or heard of this one. Do you know yeah. the name of it? No, yeah. I don't know who owns it or anything, hmm. but that would be cool. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Well, what else about your job? Um, is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Are you, ha do you like it? Oh yeah. That's great. So I guess the backstory on it is I was doing social work. Well, let me back up even more. So moved to Chattanooga. Very first thing I did was find an outdoor activity I could do in Chattanooga that I couldn't do in Kansas. And that was whitewater rafting. Like ask the guy sitting in the back of the boat, like you get paid to do this. <laughs> this is called considered a job yeah he's like yeah not much but yeah i get paid to do this i've been doing it for like a decade i was like no way so i picked up an application the next summer i was working there i was at sunburst adventures which unfortunately is no longer but uh trained and worked there for six summers full time every winter you have to go and like find a job or do something so part of it, i was in school part of it was use your degree concept but i don't want to use my degree I'm, i really like just being at the river so eventually I, I put my college degree to use the state of Tennessee hired me to work for the department of children's services with no experience being in charge of children's lives. <laughs> and I did that for nine years. Well, your name's sunshine. So uh, yeah. they, they, <laughs> it's a benefit. So, uh, it was kind of a culture shock for yeah. me too, coming from like the suburbs of Kansas to very rural pockets of Tennessee and like literally knocking on people's doors saying I need to investigate you for allegations of abuse or neglect or rolling into like Polk County and saying, Hey, your kid was adjudicated on these charges. He is now going to come into state custody. I'm going to transport him, blah, blah, blah. So just managing those cases after nine years, I think the stress caught up with me, just kind of unhappy with, with how my life was going. I was diagnosed with lung cancer. So in 2016, I, it was kind of the shake I needed to stop taking life so seriously and start taking life seriously all at the same time. And I completely shifted my mindset and the way I was living. Luckily, I had been working two years with Outdoor Chattanooga as summer staff, part-time staff through the summer months when they can increase their programming. And that kind of opened that door that when the full-time position opened up and I had just finished having lung surgery, that I was able to step right into that role. So I think I have the best job like in the best town ever. Like I get to talk about being outside, where, where to go outside, what to do outside. And one of the coolest places to do that in Chattanooga, we won best town ever two times by outside magazine. People are moving here left and right. People want to travel here. We're making all kinds of magazines and publications, getting all kinds of accolades, startups are coming here to start their businesses. I mean, what's not to love about Chattanooga? And I don't want to tout it too much because <laughs> <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> like, it's getting overcrowded all at the same time. And I have seen it change so much. Yeah, since 2000 it was when you moved here. Yeah, yeah. And I spent part of the time like, you know, up at the Ocoee in a very yeah. rural pocket. And I went to Maryville College. So it's, you know, closer to Knoxville and then bounced around here and there. Um, but then finally, finally landed, I was in, living in Cleveland too. Um, so kind of split the difference between Chattanooga and the Ocoee river. But, um, yeah, so I, I do love my job. I absolutely love it. I think it's awesome that a city department like that even exists. Um, the, 
benefit that it's had on Chattanooga's economy by the number of outfitters that have popped up since we've touted, hey, you can rock climb here. Hey, you can paddle here. I think we're a very paddle-friendly town. The Tennessee River alone has multiple launch points that are accessible for canoes, kayaks, paddleboarders. Then you have our trail system. I mean, you can hike a new trail every single day of the week, almost 365 days a year, and not drive more than an hour to access it. So uh, we got plenty to do, yeah. We have so much to do. And caving is something I've not even gotten into. I've been invited a few times, and I need to start saying yes. You've never been in a cave? I've been in a cave, but not like not enough to feel okay. qualified to like... No, I've been in caves, not qualified enough to like say, oh, I'm, I'm kind of good at that. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be something I would like to try more of. I just went caving, uh, I think, two weekends ago. Yeah, where'd you go? Tumbling Rock. It's in Alabama. It's okay. um, the most visited cave in Alabama. Okay. It's a really good, safe, intro, interesting, beautiful cave. Um, a lot of caves are, well, caves in, are inherently dangerous, but this is a good starting point to learn from. See if you want to get into it, you know? Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Chattanooga has, uh, the Chattanooga area has the best caving in America, as far as I understand, the, at least the most dense. The highest concentration. Highest concentration. Yeah. In the Tag area, Tennessee, Alabama, Tennessee, yep. Georgia. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, you can definitely keep yourself busy doing that as well. But like you said, it takes knowledge, technical yeah. skill, and a lot of people just starting out don't don't have that. But there is a club. It's called the Garado. Yeah. Um, people can join and, and get plugged in with people that do have the knowledge and equipment and kind of get into it. So yeah. um, I think that's another beautiful thing of Chattanooga and the outdoor scene is there's all these clubs. So if you are interested in an outdoor activity but don't really know how to get started, get plugged in with those clubs like the Tennessee Valley Canoe Club, um, the Grotto, the Track Club, if you're into running, uh, Wild Trails. Um, there's, there's a swimming club too, I think. Yeah, there's open water open swimmers, water, yep. cows, Chattanooga open water swimmers. Yep. Um, there's, uh, oh, I'm forgetting, Chattanooga Bicycle Club. There's Sorba, yep. Southern Off-Road Bicycle Association, Chattanooga Chapter. So yeah, any anything you might be interested in, there. there's a group that exists that We'll get you there. It's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome too. I know. (laughs) We're so spoiled. We're so spoiled with the outdoors, especially coming from Kansas. Where in Kansas did you come from? South of Kansas City, Kansas. Okay. A little place called Olathe. And if anybody actually knows where that is, you get like bonus points today. Yeah. How big of a town is that? Uh, I have no idea. It's grown so much since I have left. Um, When I was there, there were only three there were three high schools now i think they're up to six is there a sign that says home of Olymp- home of a gold medal no list? no no that should exist more here because you know i was living here when that happened <laughs> yeah that's true but uh, birthplace no i think my dad did take the uh, newspaper clipping and like post it up at the church or something yeah, in kansas course. yeah that's so, great yeah now there was actually several women from the kansas city team mm-hmm. that i met while playing for Team USA. So they would be more likely to get that acclimate uh, and some sort of signage posted somewhere. Yeah. Um, do you mind talking about your cancer experience? Sure. Um, how did you find out? Do you smoke? How did, how did you? I'm not a smoker. How did you find out? And how, Yeah, just tell me about it. Yeah, uh, so I had a rare, really rare type of cancer, lung cancer. Um, I was coughing up blood which was how you know something's wrong. That's not something you would normally be doing. I would go to the doctor, chest x-rays, show nothing, blood work, show nothing. The the coughing would go away, and then a few months later it would come back. Um, Over the course of like September until January, just kind of happened two or three times. And in January, the coughing fit happened over the course of three days, just kept coughing up blood. So finally drove myself to the emergency room, Sat there and got a CAT scan, and they found a mass in the right lung. And she, I had already scheduled a pulmonology, yeah, an appointment with a pulmonologist. It's a fancy word. Uh, for like the Tuesday, and I'm sitting there on a Saturday night, and she's like, "Ah, we don't know what it is. It's just a mass. Could be cancerous. Could not be." So they let me go home as long as I kept that appointment for Tuesday morning. So had an endoscopy done. The results came back inconclusive. 
So I needed to go do another one. So a couple of days later, I'm getting put under again, and they're sticking the cameras down there, taking biopsies. Come to find out, it is a cancerous tumor. So I have one appointment with the oncologist, and he he's like, you don't need me. I was like, what? I thought I had cancer. He's like, yeah, but it's really rare. It's really slow growing. Caught it really early. All you need is surgery. I was like, that's the best news ever, right? Yeah. But then at the same time, they're using all these words and terminology that you totally don't understand. This is a yeah, world like- I am not familiar with. So I walk in and meet a lung surgeon. Um, and he's like, yeah, so if we can get you scheduled right away, we'll just you know quickly cut out, make sure it's not spread to any lymph nodes or anything like that. Kind of just at the mercy of the doctors. Like you just got to trust the process and hope that they have your best interest at heart. Um, and they actually know what they're talking about. They're not wrong. Um, but I felt awful enough and off enough, like just not quite right. I didn't feel like I was dying, but I just didn't feel right. I was like, okay, let's do this. So from again, September until January, uh, 16th was when I was in the emergency room, February 22nd, I had lung surgery. It took me a few weeks to learn how to breathe again. Slow walks in nature helped heal me. And Finally got back on my bike. That was like a special moment when, you know, the scar had healed up enough and I was able to like grip the bike and not have the lung capacity to really make it very far, but like, yes, I'm getting there. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I don't fit the typical vision of what people think about when I, when I say I had cancer, cause yeah. I didn't have chemo. I didn't have radiation. I went through none of that terrible stuff. Mine was really just kind of a, a wake up call for me, both, um, like physically and like emotionally and mentally, just like what you're doing right now isn't working. That's why you're sick. Your body's failing you in some capacity. You're sick. So I, I needed to adjust and fine tune and, and find that balance in life. Wow. Yeah. That was the most optimal situation that could have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Just cut it out. Yeah. Have you had any other surgeries? I have not. Was- and so I, I had used the hashtag for a while, lungless, you know, loveless, lungless. <laughs> Cause uh, they took three quarters of my right lung. <laughs> wow. They left a little baby lung. So that's what I like to call it. My baby lung. Does your baby lung, um, does it grow bigger? I would like or- to think it has replaced the big void that was left yeah. of them cutting it out. Yeah. Uh, there are times I, I do a movement where I kind of turn to the side that I, I feel a, a weird void in there, but I would like to think my baby lung has grown to like almost full size. Maybe it's a, a young teenager at this point. <laughs> how how uh, long can you hold your breath? Uh, I don't know. I do notice that I tend to uh, breathe a little more heavy than I used to. And uh, I'm not as good on the climbs as I used mm-hmm. to. Um, I notice, especially when I'm like recording things. So like through work, I've started like recording a lot of the trails and I want to upload them to outdoor Chattanooga's website to have available for people to access just kind of an information piece. Like you, you filming yourself Mm, sort of, but more like, like, you know, the, uh, point of view of the person doing it. So like I'm mountain biking, but the cameras can see my hands in the trail that's coming up and I, I can hear myself breathing in those pretty often. And that's the part I don't like, or even during interviews. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll notice uh, on a playback, like, man, I took a lot of like, can you kind of hear me breathing? Well, so you're running on a little <laughs> less lungs. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So what about your singing? Has that changed? Well, I was never a good singer. So <laughs> did you get better? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that would have been a nice side effect, but no, I don't, I am, I'm, I think I'm tone deaf, so I'm not good at it. I'm not, I'm not scared to sing. I'll sing with you, but it's not going to sound good to anybody. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Well, cancer survivor. That's, um, that's pretty good. Yeah. So a few quick taglines, cancer survivor, gold medalist. Yeah. Yeah. You have them all. Yeah. Yeah. Football player. Have you ever had a concussion playing football? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it happened somewhere along the way. You're banging your head into people, but not that I know of. I don't, I was never left rendered unconscious on the field. Mm -hmm. So, how bad does it hurt when you just get, I've never played football. How bad does it hurt <laughs> when you don't see it coming and you're on the ground? Yeah. It depends on if you're on the receiving end or the giving end. If yeah, you're the on rece- the giving <laughs> end, man, it feels so good when you are on the yeah blindsided receiving end. It's 
Have you ever been in a car wreck? No. Where, where somebody's like hit you from behind and you didn't see that coming? No, but I've fallen on my BMX bike when I didn't know I was going to fall. And it's just like, how did I get here? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's that, that quick, like before you even know what's happening, it's already over with. My very first game I showed up to, and we had done a few practice scrimmages, but uh, the very first game I was actually in a real game setting. I kicked the ball off because I was the kicker. So you always start the game with a kickoff. I'm not trotting down the field. I'm not really sure what to expect. I get laid out. And I was like, okay, this this is how we play the game. Mm -hmm. Because in your practice settings, you didn't treat your own players like that. No, no. (laughs) Treat your teammates like that. But when it's the other team, everything apparently is fair game. So, yeah, I just realized I should just run around just hitting everybody. Everything I saw. So, um yeah, it, it's not as pleasant when you, that's why I say I enjoyed tackling. The, the defense. Yeah, yeah, more than like, you know, somebody tackling me or getting, you know, tripped up and face planting with, you know, trying to carry the ball. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have any um, funny stories about being a raft guide? Oh, yes. I have lots of funny stories. <laughs> Tell me one. <laughs> uh, probably the one that's the claim to fame that most people um, would know me for is a high water day on the middle. I had done the upper section and was doing a full river trip with a dad and his daughter. And the daughter was sitting up front. She had a brace on her knee. And you always ask about medical conditions. Is that like a recent injury? No, I've had it for a long time. Do you feel comfortable the way it's kind of weird to brace in up front? Are you okay? Yeah, I've been rafting a few times. All right, that starts to bother you, let me know. And then um, a couple older couples. So it was like a mixed group. Not everybody knew each other. We get through the Olympic section just fine. Everyone does great. We get down to the middle and our trip leaders are like running around going, man, TBA's messed up. It's it's big water today. Like, go check it out. So we go look and I have not really seen the river like this ever again. You had to like have four people hold the raft well up the ramp and let your people get in and then they just kind of let you go you didn't go anywhere near the left side where grumpy's was normally the right side's too shallow but there was plenty of water on the right side so we just kind of made a new line and went right as we're scraping down i'm like brace in i think we're about to hit something brace in so it's all you know it's all new to me doesn't yeah you've never doesn't look like it normally does and looking back at the water release it was at thirty-eight thousand. they're supposed to cut it off to commercial rafting at three thousand. So we were well above what we should have been on. Um, and I think at one point it spiked at like four over 4,000. Anyways, we're kind of scraping down and that girl up front falls out. The boat quickly spins around and I pull her back in. As I'm pulling her in, I notice that her leg is no longer attached. And in my mind, I'm like, she's not bleeding. Where's her leg? Oh my gosh. And her dad is standing up in the front of the raft going, her leg, you have to get her leg. And so I look upstream and there's a little tennis shoe sock up to the knee prosthetic leg floating in the river. I didn't know it was prosthetic the whole time. Not until that moment. The best part is, well, we slowed down. We, I get her in the boat. We slow down. We get the leg back. She reattaches. I make her sit in the back for the rest of the trip. And I still remember her name to this day. They had videographers out that day, and the whole thing was captured on video and was part of the annual carnage footage that they released at the end of the season. Oh, that's hilarious. So that is probably one of my best and good best stories of it. Yeah. yeah. Lost a leg, but you recovered it. Yes. Oh yeah. So in my trip speech from there forward, I always said, if you have any medical conditions, please make your guide aware. You know, if you're allergic to bee stings, you have asthma, you need to carry your inhaler and the med kit. If you have anything prosthetic that might fall off and float away, tell us ahead of time. It's going to help us out when we're out there on the water. <laughs> because it has happened. Because <laughs> it has the- actually happened. Yes. Wow. Um, has that happened to anyone else? Have you heard of, have you ever heard of that happening to anyone else? I have any not. Any other guides or anything? I have not. But it's not to say it hasn't. I mean, ultimately, you get a lot of people that show up that think it's a Disney ride. Mm-hmm. They don't. They think the paddle is a prop. They think you're on a track. They think the river goes in a circle, like a lazy river. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have no idea what they're getting themselves into, and it is a legit wilderness experience where I need your assistance as the guide uh, from the participants 
to get me where I need to be on the river. So there is this teamwork effort that has to occur in order to be successful. And a lot of people think they're just going to like get to sit back and enjoy a wild ride and get the cool picture at the end of the day. Uh, the number one dumb question is this fresh water or salt water? (laughs) Are we going to end up in the same spot we started? No, we pointed the takeout out on our way up. (laughs) We're in a different spot. What river goes in a circle? Oh, you only hang out at amusement parks. Got it. Um, So yeah, those are some. One lady asked me if all the people in the kayaks were um, like paraplegic. (laughs) She thought that everyone in a kayak didn't have legs. Well, they are small kayaks. <laughs> yeah. So I look at some of them like, I don't know how you put your feet in there. <laughs> but that, uh, I was like, what are you, you? Oh, you can't see their legs. So you don't think they have legs. Yeah. No, they're, they're in there. They're <laughs> sitting like normal people. <laughs> like, well, able-bodied people. They're, yeah. Um, so yeah, those are just kind of, kind of the silly, funny things that would happen. Uh, one of my favorite experiences, though, was taking a blind kid. Mm. Uh it was kind of, I feel like late in the season, but also late in the day. And we had this walk up, so this mom, an aunt, and this 15 year old blind boy that showed up and they were like, can we go rafting? And my, the river manager looked at me. She's like, you going to take him? I was like, yeah, I'll take him. So it changed the way I saw the river. Normally you say, look ahead. Do you see? If you look at that rock, it looks like if you look at the, you know, and I couldn't do that with him. I had to do you feel, do you hear, and and kind of just like change the way I experience the river to match what his experience might currently be. That kid had like a shit-eating grin on his oh, face yeah. the whole time. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't actually let him sit up high unless yeah. we were in a calm section because sure. he's not going to know which way to lean because he can't see the direction the wave is about to hit us. But uh, I did in the, the smaller sex- sections kind of let him paddle and then just kind of splash him uh, on the side. Otherwise, he was sitting kind of low in the boat and he was getting a lot of water splashed on him anyway. But he would giggle and laugh and just like he loved it. So, so awesome. that was one of my favorite trips. Yeah, really memorable. Yeah. Yep. Do you ever want to do it again? I do still go. You do? Yeah. Okay. So I, I have a, a raft, a bar raft from people up until recently. I purchased an old sunburst raft. And yeah, about once a year we go. The outdoor Chattanooga always does a staff play day. So I get to go trash my coworkers on the river. <laughs> have, you, have you got to raft um, out west or any big trips like that? I have not. And I, I hate that I say that like I want to so bad uh the only other rivers I have done would be the Nantahala the Hiawassee and the Gauley up Mm. in West Virginia and that that one kicked my butt Mm. yeah that one got me good what happened with that uh so the first year I went I rode in a boat with some people that had been a lot and were you know keeping it real safe but we would just load up our own rafts our own paddles our own people take a bus up and act like we know what we're doing on the golly for like golly fest each year. And like, it's the Okoye river on steroids. It's huge. The second year I'm more of a senior guide at this point, but I've also only seen that river one time. So I didn't feel super confident to be the one in charge of leading the boat, but no one else in my raft was qualified to do it. You were the most qualified out of the unqualified. The least most qualified. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, I remember having a back and forth conversation with, uh, my buddy, Scott, he had kayaked it a bunch. I didn't realize the difference between kayak lines and raft lines, kayak lines. You can skirt all the big meat of things. Like you just go around it Yeah. in rafts. You can't really do that. Like you got to plow through it. So we're debating back and forth who should guide what. And I got a few, he guides a few. Well, we smash into pillow, which is kind of the thing you do at pillow rock. And I swam so deep. I have never felt that cold, had my ears pop and think that I'm never going to come up for air. So that was a long time underwater. Then we get down to iron ring and we scout that one out. And it's like, whatever you do, don't do this. And as we, I didn't, I didn't feel confident to guide. So let's my buddy Scott sit in the back and do it. And whatever they said don't do is exactly what he did. And we flipped and I caught a rock underwater, kind of did like an uppercut to my chin. Mm-hmm. 
it kind of disoriented me. So that's maybe where I got my concussion was yeah. on the gully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I get to a raft and I go to pull myself in and I am just gushing blood out of my chin. So as true friends and raft guides would do, they patch you up to the best of their ability in a wilderness setting, which included a maxi pad <laughs> to soak up as much blood as possible on my chin. Yeah. Just like taped to my chin. <laughs> As we have to finish the river. So. Yeah, because it is, it is a gorge. There's no way out. Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's very remote. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time. So then even afterward, uh, it's like, we should get you to the hospital. I think you need stitches. Nah, I'm, I think I'm going to be okay. Well, adrenaline's still there. Uh, do a couple shots of you know whiskey and start drinking some beers. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. The next day I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I hurt so bad. And even the cut itself was like not looking so hot. <laughs> so I go to the emergency room to like have them look at it. They're like, yeah, you're past your window. I mean, we'll clean it out, but you can't have stitches at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have a scar? I do. It's like I... a weird T shaped scar. I don't know if you can see it. Not really. Yeah. It healed up pretty good. So that's, that's fine. I'll give props to the, to the guy, Ben, he was like pre-med or going into med school and he was the one that used the butterflies and the maxi pad to make me look as good as I do today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, you are quite the adventurous person. I try. That's I my like tagline for life. Adventure awaits. Did you get it from anyone in your family? Is your family adventurous? My mom likes to joke that I get get it from her. Yeah. Um, no, everyone everyone in my family still lives in Kansas. They live very traditional mm. lives. Um, you know, married kid, uh, working the nine to five. Uh, my mom is a independent consultant for Arbonne International, so she's done multi level marketing for two decades. Uh, she's an executive national vice president. She does very well in that company. Um, my dad, he was my softball coach for 13 years. Um, he bounced around and he did uh, ministry as like assistant pastors here and there. Um, and then did like IT sort of stuff for a, kind of a big firm until he retired because my mom does well enough with Arbon, And he just coached softball, um, both private lessons and uh, traveling competitive teams. So they all still live in Kansas. Um, I don't see them that often, but I do make trips to go see them. I would think that maybe for my mom, she likes to get out and, and like travel for her, her business and things like that. I think my dad's more of the homebody setting, although he does like doing road trips. Um, and both of my brothers, I like they travel here and there, but again, more of that traditional kind of family setting. So, um, going back to the travel, where, where have you been besides Sweden overseas? Um, I, in 2011, went to Tanzania and Kenya, flew into Kenya and did mostly a big loop through Tanzania, saw the Serengeti, Norongora court, uh, crater. Nagora, Nagora. Norongora, Nagora. However you say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I have a tagline for that. It's, uh, it's so nice. They named it twice or something. Like yeah. That. Nagora. It's this weird, huge, like pit, like, and then you get down in it and I don't know. It it was cool. I've I've been there. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. We saw uh the black rhino over oh, there. Nice. We got to see all the big five the big as they five. call it. Yeah. Um spent three days safariing through the Serengeti and however you said it correctly, Gorongora. Nagora Nagora. Nagora Nagora. Yeah. Um and then we hit up a few villages, uh ended up in Zanzibar. Um, visited some orphanages. I, it was a cool experience. I spent 15 days over there camping out most of the way. Who'd you go with? Uh, it was called Intrepid Travel. So the girl I was seeing at the time was into sweepstakes and entering sweepstakes <laughs> and won the trip. That's incredible. I know. It seems like a not true story, but yeah. it is a true story. So uh, she just entered and entered, and it was a 15-day all-inclusive flights and everything um, trip for you and 10 of your friends. 10. Wow. And you got to like build out who would be the other people you would take with you, but Mm -hmm. you couldn't repeat the same group, but you could enter as many times as you want, as long as it was a different 10 people. Oh, so she just like sat and like made all these groups of people over and over. Yeah. 
um, and ended up winning. So yeah, free trip to Africa, like was amazing. It was life changing too. That's really cool to see how the other side of the world lives briefly. Mm -hmm. So where do you want to go next? Oh, so many places. Uh, for my 40th birthday, I was looking to go to Peru. I wanted to do the whole Machu Picchu, although I hear that has turned pretty touristy and it's kind of like herding cattle in and out. You have to like permits to even get to Machu Picchu, but I'd love to go there. I'd love to go to Iceland. Uh, New Zealand has always been on my bucket list. If I could live there, I would. They do things right over there, obviously. Um, anywhere. I, Australia. Um Asia, I just, I, I would like to see it all, but I, I haven't even seen enough of like our own backyard as far as the United States. I haven't really explored out West, I've not seen Montana. I've not seen Idaho, Wyoming. So I need, I need to get to those spaces, um, before dreaming about the whole international. Yeah. And international is a little interrupted right now. Very interrupted right now. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Um, how close are you to your mountain bike goal of 50 states? Not very close. So is it a newer goal? No. Well, yeah, probably about four years ago, I'd say. It takes a long time to go to all 50 states. It does. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've hit up most of the southeast from Florida, Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, I believe South Carolina. I have I have a map at home. I've marked them off. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, even Ohio, because we paused over in Ohio. So I was like, quick, get a mountain bike ride in. Uh, Arkansas. So, yeah, I fit, fit a lot. Um, but, and then Washington is really the only one out west I've done. <laughs> yeah. You got time. I do have time. Hopefully I've got a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. got a lot of time. <laughs> well, um, is there anything you would like to add to this conversation? Or... Do you want to promote your paddleboard business? Sure. Yeah. I can give a shameless plug. Give a shameless plug. Shameless plug time. Yeah. Yeah. So Sunshine's Adventures is the name of my company. Mm -hmm. How how creative, right? Yeah. Um, I operate out of the Chattanooga area, but would love to go to more remote places or travel destination places, doing overnights and otherwise. I have do like the paid for like sign up for this event, whether it's a bat cave, a full moon, a sunset, sup with your pup. If you want to try paddleboarding with your dog, I'll let you. I like that tagline. Yeah. Um, sup and sip. Um, you got to sup first and then sip after. It's not sip and sup guys. Yeah, it's not. Um, and then working with like local nonprofits is kind of turned into a new, a new passion of mine. So over the summer, I was lucky enough to work with Southeastern Conservation Corps, Bridge Chattanooga, Cat Balzer, and leading an all-girls mountain bike clinic. And even in the age of COVID, we were just like determined to make it happen. Like, let's just put all these safety protocols in place and make it happen. And so Outdoor Chattanooga couldn't really like assist with it because we weren't running any programs. So I was like, okay, well, I'll clock out from outdoor Chattanooga and go work this thing. Cause I really want to be a part of it. I love mountain biking, kind of a passion project. We took four middle-aged school girls and most of them were confident enough bike riders, but hadn't really been on single track and took them to various locations over a four week period and taught them mountain bike skills to lead up to an overnight camp trip. And it was really cool and really special. And I hope we get to continue to continue to do that. But, and meeting um, and working with Bridge Chattanooga, I've then got um, middle school and high school boys, uh, middle school, high school girls out on paddle boards through that concept. So um, as like after school programming. So um, I'm willing to like customize trips for people and um, not doing any transportation right now, but hope to get back to doing that. Love to buy the van, start getting, you know, taking people to unique places. But for the most part, it's like meet me on site, so yeah. to speak. But yeah, I provide all the equipment, all the instruction. If you look at it and you're like, I'm curious about that, but that looks really hard. I don't think I can do it. I promise you can. I got a lady that was like scared, can't swim, scared of water, kept saying no, kept saying no. And by proxy, ended up convincing herself that she could. And I got her on the paddleboard and standing. Within, oh, you got her to stand? Yeah, within, within about 15 minutes. And just like overcoming that fear and that boost of confidence that's going to come from like having that experience, I think is invaluable. I agree. So I would love to give that to as many people as possible. So yeah, call me up. I'll definitely take you out on a paddleboard 
and we'll have some fun while doing it. What's uh, what's your website or how do you get Sun, Sunshinesadventures.com. Perfect. There's like a dash in there, but you'll find it. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google it, man. <laughs> Just Google it. We don't have to be a, attention. We don't have to give attention to details anymore. That's right. Just, Just Google, Google it. it. Okay. And Sun, it's sunshines with an apostrophe S. So yeah. that might be the only hard part. Make sure you put an S in there. I'm sure you'll put a link on something. Yes. Whatever this, po- whatever you got I in all the areas you promote this thing. What's your Instagram? Uh, I have Sunshine's Adventures 11, because apparently there's a lot of Sunshine's Adventures. You're the 11th one. I, I don't know that I went in order. 11 is just kind of the favorite number. Uh, me and my wife like to claim we're twin flames, so it's the, the one and one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and then you can also follow Outdoor Chattanooga on Instagram at outdoorchat.com. Job security. That's right. I need to. And uh, you can find, I guess, my personal one if you care. It's Sunshine Loveless. So cool. There you go. All right. We know all about you now. There's all the ways to find me in the interwebs. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming over and telling me about yourself. This was a really fun conversation and uh, I'm sitting in the presence of a gold medalist, (laughs) um, cancer survivor, um, all around badass. So outdoor enthusiast. Yes. Outdoor enthusiast. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, taking time to talk to me and actually learn about me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hopefully I inspire somebody to go outside and play today. Yes, that's the main goal. It's my whole goal in life. That's a good goal. Get more people outside. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the one silver lining benefit of COVID. You're absolutely right. Yep. So go outside and do something. And do a quick Google search on the benefits of going outside. It's you, so good for you. It's so good for you. Yeah. Whatever ails you. It cures whatever ails you. Mm-hmm. I like to call it nature therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Bye. And there you have it, folks. That is Chattanooga's one and only Sunshine Loveless. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed the conversation and creating this podcast. I absolutely love doing this. Um, you can help me out if you spread the word via word of mouth, um, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, or the ultimate writing a review for Apple Podcasts. Thanks for the support. I'm glad everyone that enjoys it enjoys it. And we'll see you next Friday. Bye.